Come with me and you'll see All the junk we stash behind the curtain There is no word I know In this world that rhymes with curtain I'm fairly certain Hello everybody, this is Dylan Thomas Back at you again with another interview Today, we have Mr. Philip. Welcome. You sound like one of my kids. <laughs> so that's what they all call me. Mr. Philip! <sighs> so how are you? I'm good. How, how are I'm you? I'm good. Life is, life is like a dream right now, man. Like we're just, we're just like ships in the wind. Just like just here, ships in the night. You know? Passing. Like... Just like other, in the now, around each other, just sort of yeah, like you know, like in the moment, you know. <laughs> well, it is a pleasure for me to be interviewing you. You are probably my favorite character. Don't tell Zach. Um, <clears throat> it's a little intimidating for me to be here. You right live now. like a block from me, and I babysat you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still have flashbacks. You were like. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can feel like like there's like a pound of butter coming out of your voice. Like you're just yeah, <laughs> you're laying it on really thick. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. <clears throat> All right. So first question. Uh, <clears throat> first question. How long have you been into into tabletop games? Uh, when did Clinton get elected? Those part before was, I was born. Uh, yeah, I think uh, around then. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> really long time. Uh, uh, I well, I've. It, it was really interesting to me. There was a a boy in my ward, who babysat me when I was like six or seven, and was telling me about it. But I wasn't quite old enough to play it yet. But it it like stuck with me. How fun it was to kind of make up your own adventure, make up your own character, and play with friends. The hard part at least at the time, was finding a group to play with or finding a consistent group to play with. Because uh, there's like a ha- there were like a handful of people at any given time that kind of even sort of knew about it. And even then they were kind of going blind because we didn't have books, we didn't have source material, and this was kind of before the internet, so that wasn't a thing either. Um, so you can just Google it. No, we can just Google PDFs. like constant, the, the like how we constantly do on the show. Like, oh, geez, how does sneak attack work again? Can, we can just Google that now. Whereas you you had to look it up in the book when you were when when I was first getting into this. Uh, and then I moved around a lot, so it got or we started moving around when I was in high school, so it got even harder to find a group because um, it wasn't something that people talked about super openly at my high school i guess i or maybe i just wasn't talking to the right people it's kind of like a secret it's kind of like a secret club like you, you need to know yeah you got to know like the signals like so you tabletop <laughs> flash however the they dice, say it you flash a 20 cent yeah. dice you flash like a you flash like you make a d with your fingers <laughs> <laughs> so has it always been pathfinder uh no i started uh, Dungeons and Dragons first, because Pathfinder wasn't out yet. Um, but l- when once I converted to Pathfinder, it was actually a, uh, it was either Zach, uh, our friend Big Zach, who is not on the show anymore, but uh, some of you might remember. 
it was either him or another friend of ours that introduced us to Pathfinder. And since trying that, I've loved Pathfinder just a bit more. I just feel like Pathfinder has a lot more toys to play with than D&D does. Like, I, I was trying to explain it to a friend who plays 5th edition D&D. I said, I like Pathfinder better because when you play D&D, say you want to make a wizard. You can just be a wizard. There really aren't that many flavors of wizard in D&D. Mm -hmm. That's it. But if you do Pathfinder, you can be like, well, I special, I'm a wizard who specializes in metal magic or I specialize in animals. Or I'm not really good with wizards, but like you, that's kind of the idea. There's a lot more flavor you can play with and customize, how, how you can customize your characters. I think that was a big thing for me because Pathfinder was the first one that I got on, into and is very overwhelming, especially where Spencer has the Hero Lab. And it had, like, everything. So I was just lost for the longest time. Um, yeah, it's super overwhelming when you first get in, especially yes. if you've got, like, a veteran play. Guys, if you're listening and you are thinking of introducing your friend to Pathfinder, my advice is just go with the core races for now, unless you are, like, totally sure that there is a class that is just made for them. Like, for me, that class was the witch. Uh, one of my... The, the friend of Zach and mine um, showed me the witch class because he knew I was into witches and that's kind of what started this whole mess. Uh, but other than that, but that was like tailored. He, he tailored that to me and that was really smart. But if you're just trying to get their feet wet, just go with one of the core classes and make it like a really simple core class, like the paladin. The paladin's a really good mm -hmm. starting class. I think that was my first character. Paladins are great. They're mm -hmm. they're really great. And they're easy to play. You just act like a good guy. Yeah, uh, like it, it's one of those like when you, especially if you get players that are super deep into role playing, and they struggle to find that reason that their character is with the party or that reason that they want to be part of the adventure. Paladins kind of have that built in because usually there is a bad guy doing bad things, and paladins have to stop that. That's just their, their that's their whole shtick. You're very wise, Philip. Very wise. Thank you. How, how many books do you have? How many Pathfinder books do you have? Uh, this was easier when they were right next to us <laughs> before I had my own bookshelf. Um, hang on. Carry the three. Carry the three. How much is a uh, How much is a junk ton? <laughs> That's just a little There's bit a more little... than than a bum ton. Well, I do know for a fact that all the hardcover source books from first edition, I have all of those. I have all the hardcover, like, the first edition, and that was, like, a collection that's been built for, like, 10 years, I think. Gosh, has it been that long? Because I started with the core rule book, and then, like, as in new ones came out, I would, if I, if I had some money, some extra money, I'd be like, I'll get that one this time. And eventually, I got every single one, and now they're out of print, so... <laughs> Well, they're not out of print, but they're selling on Amazon for exorbitant prices. Too much. From people who have no soul. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that has impressed me is your understanding of the lore, where I'll point at somewhere on the map and you'll just go into everything that's going on. Well, Paizo's great in the world. I love the world they've created. Uh, and a lot of that lore that I, that, that I point to whenever you bring that up came just from one book that was the Inner Sea World Guide. Uh, which I think you can still find, and I think they're in the process of like 
making an updated version right now of like how time and all the adventure paths have passed. So a lot of the face of the nations of the world that they've made have kind of shifted. Their political climate's shifted. Wars have happened. Uh, big magical disasters have happened. They're kind of making an updated version of that. Um, but I think you can still find the Inner Sea World Guide that just has a, a bare bones description of each country, each uh, province or part of the world. They throw in a lot of flavor and just kind of what it's about, like Ustalov that we've been playing in. Very Bram Stoker classic horror. There's a little bit of Bram Stoker, a little bit of Mary Shelley, a little bit of whoever wrote The Wolfman. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> but a lot of that kind of like classic uh, Victorian horror is all of, all of Ustalov. And then you find lots of cool, just different... So, like you can you know two countries are super alike they've all they're all very distinctive and something for everybody yeah something for everybody like if you want to play something in the wild west there is a country in uh the inner sea region that is very wild frontier wild westy hmm that is interesting uh for you what is your favorite part about pathfinder or like role playing in general like is it the mechanics the rules the lore what brings you in uh i used to be super wary of the rules like the really crunchy rules they just kind of, i i felt a little constricted because i love the role playing and i love the creative parts like coming up with a story uh but the something that i've loved about paizo is they are very good at just making things very broad and general, like so that every character, no two characters are alike, even if they are the same race and the same class. Uh, they like the more I learn about the rules, the more interested I become, and the more I can. Sometimes I can create an entire character, an entire story, just around one mechanic, just because they're they're really they're really cool guys. They're really cool, you guys. <laughs> Uh, so it's kind. So it's, I've kind of gravitated more toward learning more about the mechanics and just being fascinated by it. But at the heart of it, I still love the role playing and the storytelling. And um, when I got to go to PaizoCon, there was a lot of discussion of like how much do you follow the how much do you follow the rules to keep it fun for everybody, and how much is just kind of it's arbitrary and you want to let it go. I was just floored by how many of the creators at Paizo, who are all awesome people, would just tell you, like, guys, we just make this stuff up. So if something's not working for you, go ahead and cut that or go ahead and adjust that. It's not the Bible. It's not, like, a commandment that you have to do it this way. Just we give you the, t we give you the ingredients, we give you the tools, but you go ahead and make the stew. It's, uh, and they're, they're awesome people. That's some good advice. Let it be more of a guidelines than... Yeah. Interesting. Uh, big question. Team Faven or Team Cyrus? Oh, you were going to... I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, huh. That is tough because both accents have been wildly... <laughs> just bordering offense just right on the border of offensive where it's still funny <laughs> uh i i want to say 
I don't know. I I want to say Cy- I, I want to say Cyrus just because I feel like th- we got a bit of a cliffhanger with him. There was so much to explore that I was still super invested in. So I'm still kind of holding on to that hope that maybe we'll get some answers as far as what that will all was about. But who knows? Maybe Faven uh, will tie into that somehow because Tyler likes to connect his people, uh, his characters. Hmm. So you're bringing up accents. So bring careful. Bring, bring <laughs> me through the process of of getting into into Min. Min, how do you get into that mindset? Um, Min, a lot of him kind of comes off of. Uh, I don't know. I just play him like the. Uh, whenever I'm ready to play Min, I just get the really high voice, and just think. Min and I both have this thing where. We say things that make perfect sense to us, and then, but then, like everybody else, has no idea what I'm talking about, uh, and needs more context. Uh, so, if I were to talk to somebody in real life, and this situation came up, I'll give them the context. I'll give them the story. I like telling the story. Min does none of that, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be like, I'll just say the most confusing thing that I can, and just leave it there. <laughs> Interesting. So in a way, he's like you, but just missing a piece. Yeah, less tact, um, less less social skills than I have, less developed social skills than I have. I see, I see. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, all right, lightning round. Ready? Uh, go. Don't think about it too much. Okay, ready? First thing that comes to mind. Favorite color? Red. Favorite pizza? Pepperoni. Favorite anime? Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I, know you, I know you told me not to think about it, but I, I had an answer for this. Ugh, you favorite anime. I want to say fairy tale, but there is one that I I can't remember it, but I remember thinking, like, this is the this is the show that I'm going to hold, like, other animes to. Like, this is the gold standard now, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, I remember it being really short. It's probably Yu-Gi-Oh. All right, next question. No. Favorite move? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's one of my rules. Is like it cannot be for a it cannot be a toy franchise disguised as a show. <laughs> I guess that's true. I love I love Yu Gi Oh, but or I, I I have a soft spot for Yu Gi Oh, and I know that a lot of my our listeners have a soft spot for Yu Gi Oh, or some of them. Uh, I know Zach does. So, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, I would not call it my favorite by a long shot. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that favorite movie. Stop doing this to me. Um. I don't think it's harder. You know, this is going to sound weird, but I've... Oh, oh no, I do know. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Why is that? Uh, for one, it's gorgeous. Like, I love... St- uh, I've really grown to appreciate stop-motion animation and, like, puppetry in general. Just because of when it's well done, you can see, like, just the love and the passion of the people that created it. It's all on the screen. Like watch Kubo and the Two Strings, and you can feel like just how lovingly rendered the characters were, how the set was put together, and like just how much. Like these are this was a movie that was made by people who love what they do, and they're dedicated to telling. And it's also just a really great story. It's got a really cool classic fairy tale theme, but it's just different enough to be like unique that you're not going to forget it. Mm-hmm. Have you figured out your favorite anime yet? No. All right, next question. So, oh yes, I did. Uh, I I don't know if anyone's heard of this one. Uh, because it's it's not 
super popular yet, but the people that have seen it all really, really love it. So hopefully it gets more of a movement. Uh, it's called the hero. The English titles to the heroic legend of Arslan. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never one. heard of that. Yeah. It's a kind of semi historical fiction Persia. Like it's like, it's low fantasy. It's low fantasy. Like they modeled everything after Persia they call the kingdom Persia or some very some variation of Persia, but it's all very, it's it's lo- very very loosely based. It's, but it's low fantasy historical epic warfare. It's really fun. Interesting. Uh, all right, more about the man behind the character. What do you do when you're not role playing? What's your job? Uh, I am a paraeducator at a preschool right here in town. I've been there for about four or five years now, and I love it. If it were up to me, I would stay at that job forever, but sadly it doesn't pay the bills, so I'm going to have to do... <laughs> but So I'm, I've been working towards my teaching degree so that I can have a classroom of my own one day, which is exactly like what I'm doing, just like all the unpleasant stuff as well, like the meetings and the paperwork and all that junk. Uh, so that's that. I'm looking forward to that. How did you get into that? Um, when I was on my mission, I found out that I really love teaching kids and working with kids. I just have a lot of fun with that. Uh, and uh, when I got home, uh, my mom had already been working as a para with another with another preschool teacher, a really amazing lady named uh, Nita Smith, uh, Miss Nita, to all of her kids. And she said, you know, you're thinking of teaching, you're thinking of working with kids, why don't you come volunteer at the preschool with me for a little bit, see how you like it. Uh, so I volunteered there. I loved it. Uh, I spent like every day off that I could there while I was working at Wendy's until uh, an opening uh, opened up with Miss Karen, uh, Karen Munns, the teacher that I work for now, who uh, interviewed me along with the principal, hired me the next day, and I've worked there ever since. I've loved it every single day I've been there. It's like it I it's the best job in the world for me. That's really cool. I think it takes like a special kind of patience to be able to work with kids. So I, I, I tip my my uh, hat to you. Yeah, I, he- I hear that a lot. And what I'm learning is that is just a very nice way of saying crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. Yeah, so okay. yeah that's, it's like, the, oh, it takes a really special kind of person really, to do that you're job. Really, uh, kinda, that kind of guy. Yeah. What you're really you? saying is you're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So outside of podcasting, outside of your job, what do you do? Um, well, college does keep me pretty busy. Uh, I do play, believe it or not, I do play Pathfinder for fun when I'm not on the show. Not not to say the show isn't fun, but like, <laughs> you'd think I wouldn't have energy to have another game, but I do. I actually GM another game on the weekends uh, with our good buddy, Big Zach, and another friend of ours, Gage. Uh, we, we try to get together every weekend when our schedules allow, because uh, we all have jobs and lives. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this whole adulting thing—it's—it's uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, kids. <laughs> it's <laughs> enjoy enjoy it. your time. <laughs> uh, do you have a preference on GMing or not GMing? Uh, being a player is definitely a lot less pressure. Uh, I do like one of my favorite things about the show is that I don't really have to do a lot of prep work. I just have to show up and be men. <laughs> I just have to come and play men 
or whatever character I'm playing at the time, and that's all I have to worry about. Uh, GMing is fun. It's a lot of fun. I love being able to do a bunch of different voices and play a bunch of different characters and uh, figure out how each character plays off of the player that I'm uh, interacting with. Uh, but it is a lot more work. Uh, anyone playing Pathfinder or D&D, uh, give your GM a hug because they do so much work for you, and it's all out of love. Nobody's getting paid for this. Uh, I don't think... I don't think venture captains get paid, but if they do, oh, they don't. My GM is, Spencer is shaking his head at me now that they do not. Um, so yeah, it's all done out of love of the game and love for you guys and love for just being creative together. So get uh, GMs, get my props. All right. So as far as GM Inc., do you like to do more of a homebrew or follow the books? Uh, I'm homebrewing right now. Uh, we're, we've been doing this homebrew campaign for a really long time. I think, I'm not sure I'd ever do it again, because uh, I've loved, first of all, I love the modules and the adventure paths that they come up with. There's so much content in there. You could play forever and ever and ever and still, like, barely put a dent in it. Uh, and like I said, I love the world that Paizo's created. Like, even my homebrew world, I've kind of taken a lot of lore, existing lore and played around with that. Um <laughs> And kind of subsumed it into the world that we've made. It's been a lot of fun, uh, especially the gods. I really like the gods uh, in this world for some reason. Mm -hmm. So what what is something that you do as a GM that might set you apart from others? Uh, I've been told the thing that I do the most of or the one that I clearly like in, seem to enjoy the best is NPCs. I love playing different NPCs and making up different NPCs. Uh, it's very rare that I will just throw some, or that my players will just meet somebody and they're like, so what's this guy's name? And I'm like, ah, crap, Bob. I don't know. He was just supposed to tell you the dragon's lair is this way. They tend, I, I, they, they tend to take on lives of their own and I devote way more time to them than I probably should because the random NPC that is just supposed to tell them, hey, the dragon's lair is here and this is how you get there also has a family that he's struggling to support and a kid that's going to wizard school that he's trying to like save up funds for because tuition at wizarding school is expensive and his wife is like thinking about the uh, is a devoted mother and, and wife but is also kind of regretting not marrying the the noble down the street and <laughs> just wondering what kind what could have been uh that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, how much of that's in your head and how much of it it's just, oh, yeah, go that way? Um, what? <laughs> so how much... Uh, this, is, this is all... You know that none of this is real, right, Dylan? This is all in our head. <laughs> well, I know that. Uh, I was just trying to... It's all made up. With no context. Min is not real. I'm not Min. I just He's play not? Min on TV. <laughs> Wait. Just, Who are you people? I just play Min on the radio. <laughs> What advice do you have for new GMs? Um, really, really listen to your players uh, <laughs> and see what kind of adventure they want to go on. Because um, <laughs> uh, at the beginning, Zach and I kind of, Big Zach and I did kind of clash a little bit because I was trying to do a more like a political thriller or more of an intrigue adventure because that's stuff that I'm interested in. He wanted more action. He loves the action. He loves epic sword fights and crazy magical explosions and all that good stuff. Um, and we, we kind of, uh, uh, so I, 
in order to meet those needs, I kind of had to do a little bit of uh, do a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> I was probably a little more resistant than I should have been because the players are there to have fun as well. We're supposed to we're supposed to create experiences that they're gonna remember and enjoy. And they if they're dreading coming to the game, then you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah, if you're not make sure you're all having fun. That's really it. Make sure you're all having fun. Everybody's got different play styles. Everybody's got different goals when they make a character, when they take part in a story. Um, some of those are going to pan out. Um, some of them are not because the dice are a cruel mistress. Um, some And some of them are not. But as long as you're having fun, then... Uh, everybody's having fun, then it's it's going okay, and you can keep going forward from there. All right, a couple more questions for you, Mr. Philip. Okay. How did you come up with Min? Uh, that's a fun story. Uh, Spencer might remember when we started doing the show, uh, originally I wasn't going to play Min. I had a totally different uh, character concept. Uh, I think he was going to be a skinwalker. Um, they're kind of like, not they're they're werewolves, but not really. Uh, and they're they're really, a really cool player race. Uh, and then he started talking about more of like what the goals of the show were, because uh, we were doing a horror show, which is where why I thought werewolf or skinwalker at first. But it was also going to be geared towards like being family friendly, so that uh, parents and their kids can listen to it and get introduced to Pathfinder that way. Uh, so I thought, well, that's not going to be very fun for kids. The, the character I had in mind wasn't going to be very fun for kids to listen to, I thought. And then I remembered a time that Big Zack in the past had tried to GM Rise of the Rune Lords for me and another friend. And I had actually created Min in that adventure, uh, pretty much the same as he was here. Time Witch wants to go back in time, save his family, wears boys and girl clothes at the same time is crazy. Um <laughs> Uh, and we came uh, and we played for one session. Unfortunately, the other friend that we played with moved and we just never got uh, to get back together for it. So Min was kind of in the uh, cupboard for a little while and I never got a chance to play him. And when Spencer was explaining to me how we wanted this to be a family friendly show, I thought, oh, Min would be kind of fun to play for kids because he's a little out there and eccentric and also has a very young mentality. Um, that I try to kind of tailor to kids that I've worked with or uh, students that I know or things that I know the students would find funny. Uh, I know sometimes my own like more macabre sense of humor takes over, but overall I try to keep Min like a character for that. Like everybody can listen to Min, I hope and enjoy, but I kind of try to keep him a character for the kids. So he was really fun to, it's been fun to bring him back and get to explore him a little bit more because I only had that one session to go off of. All right, final question. What are you looking forward to in the in the podcast? No spoilers. I'm really just looking forward to what the adventure does next because every book seems to have like its own horror theme. The first book was all about ghosts and the in the haunted prison. The second book was about was like very Frankenstein, Mary Shelley with all the constructs we were fighting. This book has been about the werewolves. I'm looking forward to what classic horror movie monster we fight next. I'm leaning towards uh, vampires. I'm pretty sure vampires are coming because Ustalov's full of them. And like they're the really, from, from at least from what I've read, they're the really cool like Dracula type vampires, like the really mysterious 
uh, gentlemen and countesses. I'm really excited for that part and whatever whatever comes after that. Well, we shall see. It has been a pleasure interviewing you, Mr. Philip. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, I look forward to what's coming up next. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, and um, tune in for the next uh, the next uh, interview with uh, with uh, with me, Dylan, your host. Come with me, and you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain. There is no word I know in this world that rhymes with curtain. I'm fairly certain.